good afternoon or good evening and welcome to the Vanguard. For Spike, the Supreme Cohen. Cohen. Cohen, Cohen. I am Matt Wright, and together we are traversing the muddied waters of freedom. Hey, everybody. How are you doing? Uh, first and foremost, allow me to thank Justin, as typically per usual, for the kava that I am drinking on today's episode. And allow me the to delicious thank... delicious mud water from Vanuatu, the island of Vanuatu. Vanuatu. And allow me to thank Kroger for this delicious purified drinking water from the beautiful island of Three Mile. Bulavanaka. Bulavanaka. That's a nuclear radiation joke. Yes. Yes, it is. Hey, Matt, how was your week? You know, my week. <laughs> yeah? Yeah, my week My week was, uh, <laughs> my week's been busy. I've been really, really busy. Uh, but good. Everything's been going really well. We've got a, we got a lot of good things happening on my end. How was your week? My week is amazing, and it's a lot of things that I can't talk about yet. Thanks for asking. No, a lot of uh, really, a lot of really exciting things uh, that I am not quite yet at liberty to say, but it's really exciting, and I'm super stoked about it. Oh, I do have something very exciting that I want to say. This Thursday, on a very special My Fellow Americans, we are having the Masters of Debate LNC Chair Edition, a continuation of I'm the not- Master. Go ahead. I am noticing that uh, somebody is uh, conveniently missing from this graphic. Well, you're not going to be on the... Did you want to be on it? No, no, not me. Oh, yes. Well, folks, (laughs) I reached out to the current chair who said that he's not sure that he's going to run for re-election. Ah. Yes. Um, And he did have a question for the uh the other people running which we will be asking um it's a good question actually and what uh he what's that what was the question oh you won't believe what the question is guys tune in thursday at 9 30 p.m it's actually he's just asking uh what they think they do better or differently than him uh. but it was a good question uh but yeah so tune in uh thursday two days from today 9 30 p.m eastern special time because all three of these people are on the West Coast. And uh, and uh, they will be battling it out to see who is the debating master. Who is the master debater? Who's going to come out on top at the end? Who is going to come out on top? In we that don't one? know. That is, that, is, that is a tough, tough... Uh... That's a tough question. Right really, there. any of them could come uh, out on top. You never know. That's true. Uh, that's a very valid point. Um... <laughs> hey, speaking of uh, coming out on top, we've got some news out of uh, out of, uh, a Christian country, out of Chick-fil-A. Wow. Go ahead. Wow. So, guys, the Chick Fil A. I'm just going to say this uh, right now. If you're a audio only listener, thank you for uh, subscribing to our yes, podcast. Thank you, of course, on your favorite podcasting app. Uh, but you're going to want to. 
I'm not reading that out loud. Really, just uh, in general, read, guys. This you're is gonna just... head over to YouTube and uh, check that bad boy out. Yeah, you're gonna want to head over to YouTube. Uh, this is uh, this show is definitely a podcast audio friendly show, but <laughs> but but I will say this: it's not quite the same as seeing it in video. So, guys, really the, uh, the Chick Fil A Foundation announced a couple days ago that they will no longer be donating to the Salvation Army, the Paul Anderson Youth Home, or the Fellowship of Christian Athletes um, because of uh, alleged uh, anti-LGBT discrimination that has been alleged against them, uh, and uh, they want they said that they wanted to uh, they wanted to expand into different markets and set the record straight. Um, but they, uh, they, this is prompting a, a boycott from literally no one. No one. Uh, because of the boycott from literally no one. No the, one. Uh, the CEO of Chick-fil-A seemed to walk it back today okay. uh, saying that uh, all foundations and all charities are still on the table uh, and they would all be looked at again no matter uh whether or not they were christian leaning or not okay fair enough so so uh they they initially came out saying okay we're not going to donate to these found uh to these charities or foundations anymore and then they kind of just backed off a little bit saying we're going to be looking at all of them again chris reynolds personal injury attorney chris reynolds attorney at law asked you to please read uh the sign because he can use that clip for many years to come i believe he asked you to read that not me. Well, well, he just said, uh, "Please read it." People so can. I'm, people. I'm pretty, I, I think we he ha- meant, I have I faith that people can uh, read the sign on their own. Um, <laughs> Over on Float. By the way, Float in live Float is the absolute best way to see this. Over at Float.app slash MuddyWatersMedia slash Live, uh, commenter just Sam Jokov Jekov Jez Jezkov says, uh, "Wow." <laughs> Uh, Chick Fil A. Chick Fil A's breasts are mediocre at best. Uh, waffle as house. Oh, guys! Shout out, of course, always to the to Libertarian the, Party Waffle House Caucus. That's right. The the muddied waters media sponsored caucus. The official caucus of both Waffle House and Muddied Waters Media, and the fastest growing caucus in the Libertarian Party by percentage. <laughs> You just made that up, didn't I, you? I, it has to be true. I mean, it wouldn't surprise me. It's, it's got, it, it, that that page. It's growing very quickly. There's no way that the von Mises Crocus has grown 300 percent in the last week. That's all I'm saying. That's true. That's all I'm saying. That's it. But uh, yeah, so Chick Fil A, uh, and then not to be outdone by, uh, I guess, outrage by uh, Chick Fil A. Popeyes is just straight up murdering people. Matt, yeah, tell, Popeye- tell, Popeye's that. chicken is uh, just, it's bringing everything to the house. Uh, there was, go ahead, sorry. So, I didn't know we were going to have audio on that. Um, a man was uh, stabbed to death in a Popeye's to cutting in line trying to get one of the new Popeye's chicken sandwiches. Um, which I understand that it's a good chicken sandwich. Haven't had it yet because I don't want to walk into a Popeye. Uh, also seven employees 
at a Milwaukee's Popeyes, got into a brawl in the middle of the restaurant. They settled down, according to the police report. They settled down and everybody decided to return to work. And in the back of the restaurant where the fight, where the brawl initiate was originally initiated, they started the brawl again. <laughs> Basically, uh, Popeye's chicken seems to just be made of um, the devil. Yeah, uh, no, it's, mur- it's, it's, it's murder flavored. Um, right, that, that, that's that hot sauce where uh, the hot ones hot sauce with like the two million Scoville units and it just gets everybody all angry. Yeah, yeah. No, it is uh, when they're available – uh, which is sometimes uh, uncommon, but when they are available, people lose their mind. And, and uh, you know, Popeyes has been accused of making a lot of people happy and then abandoning them when when they needed them the most, and that that was kind of culturally insensitive. But the uh, you know Popeyes is uh, is uh, most people are saying that Popeyes is the best of the Chick Fil A wars between Chick Fil A and Popeye. I'd say probably 60 to 65% of people that have tried both have said that Popeye's is better. Um, and then there's a, a growing and 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 uh, very loud minority who says, no, Chick-fil-A, uh, Wendy's spicy chicken sandwich uh, is better than all of them. sandwich from Wendy's. I, I, man, I got to kind of side with Wendy's on that one. I, I don't, I haven't eaten fried chicken in three years. So I don't, I've had fried chicken in like three days. That's nope, sad. that's a lie. I had it for lunch today. Um, See, uh, I remember what Chick Fil A tastes like, and I remember what Wendy's tastes like, and I, I feel like Chick Fil A was better than the Wendy's. Um, I've obviously not had the Popeyes, but I'm being told by many people that it's good. I'm just not sure if it's worth it because there are things that are good, and then there are things that are worth dying for uh, in a in a violent beatdown. And uh, chicken sandwiches aren't it. But you know what is worth dying for in a violent beatdown? I can't wait for this segue. Meth. <laughs> Absolutely. That is true. I mean, the numbers don't lie, Matt. <laughs> yeah, the numbers don't lie. <laughs> meth is worth dying for, as I learned from Breaking Bad, and not once from doing meth. Fair. But uh, this the, the city, the state of South Dakota. South Dakota. The Dakota is... of the South. Yeah. Uh, the Dakota of the South, they uh, came out with a brand new anti-meth campaign. Wait for this. Meth. meth we're, we're on, on it. it. Yes, you are, Sandy, uh, South Dakota, not San Diego. In San Diego, I'm sure. Um, yeah, I'm certain many people in San Diego are on it. But they uh, spent, what, half a million dollars on this? Yeah. It was half a million dollars that they spent on these. Now... What I found out uh, today is back in 2014, South Dakota, re, uh, South Dakota ended an ad campaign uh, that said stop jerking and driving because apparently they had a huge issue with people masturbating while driving on the road. <laughs> so, and, so, so their t- their 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 uh, their slogan was stop jerking and driving. Yeah, I, I, yep. Stop jerking and driving. 
the master trolls running the South Dakota state government, or at least their ad department. Their ad, yeah, the the ad department of the South Dakota de- uh, government is. Stop. Those guys are. Those guys are on fire. Stop jerking and driving while you're on meth. That guy, right. by the way, on the left, I don't disbelieve him. You know, the only reason I disbelieve him, if you can pull that back, the only reason I disbelieve him is because he appears to be 60. I mean... And 60-year-old meth users are usually dead. Now, he well, could mean, be 30. Maybe he's that, a 30-year-old meth that's user. The, he could be our age. Right. Or we're at 30 older than us because we're right. we're children. Uh, he we're could be basically older. Zygotes. Yeah. I mean, we're we're tiny, tiny, tiny children. But he could be in his 30s and just look like that. But that is... Uh... That's, that is the most brilliantly terrible ad campaign ever. That is a a masterstroke deserving of the don't jerk and drive campaign. <laughs> speaking of uh, speaking of jerking, the Masters of Debate Thursday night, nine thirty p.m. Eastern, uh, where I will not be jerking around those guys. You know what I mean, huh? Huh? You know. Um. So yeah, so we have some comments. So uh, Bass over on YouTube says. Uh, in today's hyper nihilistic society, isn't dying for a chicken sandwich the ultimate meme? That's fair. Um, That's fair. Jessica That's fair. Etheridge on Facebook says Chick Fil A is the Lord's chicken. Amen. Um, it is. Uh, well, it was. It was. <laughs> it was up until, but he again he walked it back. Now this this cow. Oddly enough, has much better handwriting and spelled everything correctly. Well, that's probably because of the genitals. Um, yeah, no, absolutely. So, right. um, yeah, and then so, uh, uh, oh, so this, okay, over at Float, uh, just Sam Jezkov, I hope I'm saying that right. Sam. Uh, uh, still miss the ghost pepper chicken, but it's really Canes, RaisingCanes.com. So Raising Canes, guys, I live in South Carolina, so I know about Raising Cane's. Raising Cane's is better than Chick-fil-A or Zaxby's. They also cost more, but are worth it. I don't know how they feel about gay genitals, um, but, I mean, you're welcome to find out, I guess. Speaking of meth, uh, or gay (laughs) genitals, really speaking of of genitals... (laughs) Uh, Jeffrey Epstein's guards. Speaking uh, of the prison. It. Speaking of jerking it. Uh, Epstein, Jeffrey Epstein's guards, prison guards, were arrested for failing to check on him and for falsifying records, Matt. Yes, they were. Uh, the FBI is investigating the possibility of cr- of a criminal enterprise, which shocked um, nobody. No one. Uh, in connection with Jeffrey Epstein's death as the two correctional officers who were responsible for guarding him the night uh, he killed himself are arrested. Right. And uh, uh, let's, so, uh, well, no, go ahead. Well, the two guards were indicted for browsing the internet instead of checking on him while 15 feet from his cell on the night he died. Which sounds like what you would do when 
holding the government's most important witness who possibly knows every powerful pedophile on earth. In, in all fairness, you're going to be browsing the internet no matter what. I guess so. But I you would so. think you would do it in your shifts. You like, browse the internet. I'll check the rich I'll, pedophile. Right. I'll check the pedophile that is about to name names. Uh, you can continue browsing the internet. And then we switch and I browse the internet while you look after pedo, Steve. Right. Looking, Googling the differences between pedophilia and hebophilia. Uh, just, you know, just so you're aware of what you're of what you're walking into. Now, of course, Hillary Clinton, very sad. Uh, she uh, tweeted yeah. earlier today that she mourns with a family of Jeffrey Epstein's prison guards on their impending suicides. Um, the world does wait on the unfortunate and untimely death uh, of these two as the guilt just overtakes them. Right. And they shoot themselves in the back of the head five times each. Yeah, it's a it's the moment that I read the two prison guards got arrested. Yeah. I, I wanted to put a countdown. We could put a little like countdown at the top, the top right, top left here. Just, you know, cause it's not going to be long. I don't see that being long. Cause they're going to, they, they will roll over. So they'll, they'll roll over like Takashi six, nine. Yes. They will name those names quickly and done. Oh yeah. Yeah. No, it's going to be, it's going to be really bad. And it's, uh, gonna be bad. it's going to be really bad. Uh, uh, Sam says Sam Jakov or Yakov. So we'll say Yakov. We'll say Yakov. We'll say Yakov. As opposed to South Dakota. Who, who would says, say stop, jack off and stop jacking off while we're on meth. Right. Um, so speaking of a terrible segue, a terrible <laughs> mistake that will cause harm. Pete Buttigieg uh, climbing in this uh, graphic that I just completely stole from ABC News, climbing to the top of the Iowa caucus polls. Uh, he is now at he climbed nine points uh, from 16 percent to 25 percent. He now has a commanding lead over the others that it lead is expected to grow. Uh, he is currently doing Republican outreach right now uh, by touting his low approval among black people. Um, the uh... <laughs> and uh, yeah, so he <laughs> he. Uh... He's doing wow. good over there, Matt. <laughs> yeah, How long uh, do you think he'll be able to stay on top of that pole like that? Well, we'd have to ask his husband. But uh, since since September 7th, uh, Buttigieg's campaign has aired 3,841 spots for an estimated 2.1 million Iowa's broadcast, Iowa's broadcast media markets, which that is huge. That is a huge, huge number. For Iowa. For Iowa. Yeah. Yeah. That means he w- he's looking to come out swinging, be like, yes, I'm a force to be reckoned with, and then hope that he's going to bu- get a bump in every other state after that. Right. That's his hope is to just do so well in Iowa 
that it works because the order is Iowa, New yeah. Hampshire, South Carolina, and then I believe Florida. Yes. And I think I'm missing a state there. I think there's one other in there, but. Because there's a very real possibility that you could. Oh, Nevada. So you could end up with a very real where the first four primaries. Uh, Buttigieg wins um, Iowa. Warren, who is polling very well in New Hampshire, wins New Hampshire. Biden, because of his inexplicable high approval rating among black people. Actually, it's not inexplicable because he's Barack Obama's former vice president. High approval rating among black people doing extremely well in South Carolina, where the majority of Democrat voters are black. And then Bernie, who apparently is doing very well in Nevada, winning that primary or caucus. And you could literally have a situation where the first four result in essentially a dead heat going into Florida and Super Tuesday, leaving everyone to wonder what the hell is going on. That's true. So that should be a lot of fun. Uh, of course, uh, it gets even better because Buttigieg is he's an interesting guy. He uh, he he announced that uh, basically no one even, I think, needed to know this, but he said that he was open to sending troops to Mexico because, of, of course, he would. Sure. So he wants to send troops to Mexico. Mm -hmm. uh, go ahead. I, well, okay. <laughs> is, that, is that to fight the cartels, or is that to keep illegal? Like, why? He's just ready. All right. Open up Mexico. You know? Mayor Petey is coming. At least he's ready. He is ready. He is ready. Now, him winning, his lead in Iowa kind of shows that old butt gig uh, does really well with older, white, and college-educated groups. Uh, and these are groups that are heavily represented in Iowa and New Hampshire. Yeah. So there's a chance that he will get a bump going into New Hampshire and they'll say, and like our good, uh, like our good buddy, Chris Reynolds, attorney at law, personal injury attorney, Chris Reynolds, attorney at law. Uh, as he said, uh, you win Iowa, you get more money. It's better than Beto's plan, which was to spend a lot of money at the beginning and, and then drop burn, out and then burn out like a yeah. flame and then leave um, the race. And have everyone wonder why you got into it in the first place. Not a solid, not a solid, plan, not plan. a solid plan. But he, I think that he is planning on having a bump from Iowa to take him into New Hampshire uh, in order to get delegates from New Hampshire, uh, at least maybe some super delegates, um, at least maybe some super delegates, and uh, possibly carrying him through till Super Tuesday. It's the best plan he has. I mean, he's not as well-known as the others. He's kind of an unknown quantity. He seems to be doing well among the exact demographics you need in the first couple of states. So why not? You're not going to win South Carolina. Uh, so why not go after Iowa? Maybe if, if – uh, because Bernie's right in – Bernie and and, uh, and Warren are in the neighboring states, New Hampshire. Let them duke it out for second place. Maybe he can surge to the top if people – if people in Iowa who realize that Biden's not going to happen – switch he becomes the boomer choice instead of biden which is very plausible very he plausible. could win new hampshire and then 
if that, you know, momentum screws up enough that he could even potentially win Nevada. And then, I mean, I mean, so what he's going to, that was a really weird noise. That was, that was like a, uh, Swalwell noise, except mine wasn't what Swalwell did. Oh, that was Uh, the thing here. Crap. I know I said something. What uh, what Beauty Jig is going to do is once he wins, if he wins Iowa and he does get the boost and he does get the money, mm-hmm. he's going to start coordinating a huge market push onto New Hampshire to try to repeat what's happening in Iowa. It's right. it's it's a really brilliant plan that he's coming up with. Yeah, it, it, it's it's also his only shot, but it could definitely work. Of course, Chris Reynolds says, uh, uh, where was it? Uh, Chris said that uh, Pete is also opening open to uh, eating Chick-fil-A if it gets him New Hampshire also. And that's true, especially that's true. in light of recent developments. That could absolutely happen. Um, oh, yeah. 100%. I could completely see that happening. Um, so, yeah. So, he's going to invade Mexico, uh, which will help him in Texas, probably. Um, but, uh, yeah, he could do uh, a... Booty a judge. booty judge jump. Bump. I'm just reading the notes, guys. So there's speculation that uh, differently each time. A booty judge jump. Yeah, booty judge, booty judge, booty judge bump. As he climbs the pole, right. uh, <laughs> will most likely hurt uh, one of the other front runners instead of Joe Biden. Um, I can really see that going either way because he's 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 probably the most moderate of the candidates except for maybe joe biden right uh, and that's and if, where it will hurt the other can't like so here here's the thing okay the people that are going the people that are going to be voting for biden they've decided it's biden he's he's barack's boy so right. he is so he's their man that's that's just the way that it is with so he has his base of we'll say 18 to 22 percent Everybody that Pete's going to get are going to be people who think that the Elizabeth Warrens, that Bernie Sanders, that Kamala Harris, all of them are too far to the left and too radical. He appeals to that area right in between Biden and Warren. So he's going to just bring people slightly further over to the middle, not close to the right, but just slightly further closer to the middle, just a little bit. And he's going to pull from those people. Just as, and and just uh, and just as I I wrote here also he'll be taking numbers from Warren and Bernie but just as if Warren or Bernie surge they will be taking from him Biden's not going to get hurt by this unless Biden says something stupid and speaking of which Joe Biden seen here uh, says that he is opposed to legalizing marijuana. In the Democratic primary of 2019, because it might be a gateway drug. Joe Biden pictured here simulating what it's like to smoke weed and then want to do meth in South Dakota uh, is under the impression, which has been thoroughly debunked, that smoking weed is going to make you a heavy drug addict, despite every major study showing the opposite. And despite the fact that the person who initially first put up this speculation, I believe he was the head of the DEA has admitted that it was something he just came up with on the spot. Yeah, when someone said, yeah, someone asked him why he, sh- why weed should be illegal. And he went, 
Well, you know, it's a it's a gateway to the harder ones. There was no hard science on it. That there was no. He just said it. He just made it up yeah. right there, and it has become boomer lore uh, about marijuana, which is weird because boomers smoked lots of weed, but their weed was different. It's much their stronger was... and scarier now. <laughs> yeah, their weed was a lot different. Yeah, um... it had LSD in it. Um, so yeah, so he's, uh, he has decided that it is 1985 and he's running as a Republican, (laughs) apparently, because even Republicans now are okay. A small majority of Republicans are okay with legalizing marijuana and then suppose, go ahead. Uh, a lot of Republicans are kind of starting to switch over to, uh, a lot of Republicans are starting to switch over to let's just legalize it, get it out of the way. And that way we don't have to deal with it anymore. Right. Um, but with Biden doing this, he's going to lose the vote of anybody under the age of 45. Yeah. Uh, and the only way that they will vote for him is if their choices are literally Biden, Donald Trump, and then the candidates that they didn't hear of because the mainstream media doesn't talk about them. Right, right, exactly. Now, coincidentally, Congress is supposedly uh, going to be having a vote a uh, on legalizing marijuana. Uh, there was a key congressional committee uh, is going to hold a vote on a bill to end it, uh, and if it passes there, then it would go on to um, it would go on to the House and, and Senate. Um, that's not going to happen. It's not going to happen. Because it's an election season, and both sides would rather offer to do that if you reelect them. So I strongly doubt weed's going to be legalized before either. Sam says that weed is the gateway to Waffle House. Yes, and this message is brought to you uh, by Waffle House. <laughs> and by the Muddy Waters of Freedom. By the Libertarian Party Waffle House Caucus, uh, who uh, it believes very strongly in you being allowed to smoke weed and then go to Waffle House. And go to Waffle House. And go to just really just go to Waffle House. Now, uh what's what's interesting and what I just learned today, uh which other people here probably know because many of our viewers and listeners are much smarter than me. Uh if the Senate takes on the impeachment trial, this will gravely hurt many of the people running for president on the Democrat side. Oh, a lot. Yeah. Because I was, in the un- Senate. I, was, I was unaware of this, that during an impeachment trial, you can't leave the campaign. You have to stay there for the entire trial. Oh, wow. So Mitch McConnell was saying he would drag it six to eight weeks. So that Bernie Sanders, Elizabeth right. Warren, Cory Booker, Kamala Harris, uh, Amy, Amy Klobuchar. Klobuchar, yeah, that's five. I think that's it. But five, five of the nine candidates still running, they can send out surrogates to campaign for them, but they would be stuck in D.C. for the impeachment trial for as long as Mitch McConnell drags that bad boy out. Which would be a huge boost to both Joe Biden and Pete Buttigieg. And Pete Buttigieg. And Marianne Williamson. 
And Tulsi Gabbard. And Tulsi Gabbard. Uh, and Andrew Yang. And Andrew Yang. But mostly to Biden and Buttigieg. Mm-hmm. Even though, obviously... You know who it won't affect, though? Who's that? Beto. Um... <laughs> It will not, because he both is not in the Senate because he lost to Ted Cruz, and he's not running for president anymore. Yeah, boom, right. boom, 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 boom. <laughs> I really wish I had the Eric Swalwell farting video. I have it on our page. If you go to the Muddy Waters of Freedom page, I have the video. There are the Muddy Waters Media page. I have the video of him just... <laughs> so if you can just you picture hear, that. Did you hear what he said? Well, What did he say? Okay, he he denied that that's what it was. He denied oh, for God's that he, sake. he said, "Oh no, I didn't even hear it." Uh, and somebody said, "You didn't hear that?" And he said, "No, I I had no idea. I just saw the video. That's funny though." And then uh, whatever what that was on was that Crossfire that was on? Yeah, it was on MSNBC with uh, Chris Matthews. Okay, yeah, and then uh, MSNBC was saying that was the sound of a coffee cup being dragged across, and it's just like. No, watch that video. Every he, he paused. He paused because he wanted to give it a little oomph to get it out because it was he went, you, you know he was uncomfortable. He was like, and yeah. I, I give him credit because he went through like he did not break face. He like he only paused for a little bit with a little bit of the clinch, and he just kept going. He was like that fake ass that fake ass smile that he always has on when he's talking to the press like this. And he was, the president seems that it's unprecedented that the Ukrainian. Like, right. I mean, and, it was so obvious. So you have to go to our page after this show. You have to go to our page. It's not that many posts back where he just nukes himself. He does. And, and he's like, yeah, it was like the president's doing an unprecedented power grab. And he didn't talk during it. He let it right. out. And, and he, then his was body like clenches too. Like you see it, you you know he's trying to push it out a little bit. And then and then goes back to the thing, like it was not a pregnant pause. It was like, I mean, he all but squinted and was like, <laughs> and then it was like, and that's terrible. Ukraine. He was talking about the Ukraine, and it was like yeah. first. So the sheer narcissism of, of of your average politician especially him a total scumbag oh yeah. everybody oh. farts everybody farts except for matt That's matt doesn't fart sure. or grow or grow hair he doesn't he's he's a new he's the new he's human 2.0 and but everyone else farts multiple times a day because you have to because when you eat and drink, air goes into your gut. Yeah. And it has to go somewhere. If it didn't, you'd slowly fill up with air over time and eventually explode. Like this is nature. All mammals and I think other animals as well. I guess all yeah, I guess all of them fart. And it's okay. And he's like, wasn't me. I'm like, okay. Yeah. To to deny it is it makes no sense. It's, it's man, so just stupid. you own up to that flex. one. One, I don't fart. One, would... you have to be kind of a little bit proud of that because one, that was a nationalized fart. That fart 
what Bernie Sanders was like, yeah, that's what all farts should be like. Uh, he he shouldn't be allowed to fart that well, is what Bernie's saying. Like we need the to be able to like one percent are getting ninety two percent of the best farts out there, and that is unacceptable. <laughs> it would have been better if when he denied the fart, he's like, I didn't do that. I have no <laughs> idea what that was. Like maybe he has he, he denied a stomach it in a text issue. message, so he may have been. He may have been. Know, he said it in a text message. Yeah, it was in te- it was in text message with a reporter that saw it and it asked wasn't him if me. it was him. Definitely not. It's a coffee cup. It's just so like what? It's the weirdest of flexes. It's the strangest flex. Just own up to that one. Just, I just own don't... up to it. You're not. You're, the only person you're hurting is your bowels. Like, like you're, it's not even an argument worth worth going into. But why, why deny that? Yeah, I, I don't, I don't get it. Um, going through some comments. Uh, Aaron D'Antoni says, "Me, I mean me. I'm okay with it." Yes. LOL. I agree with you, Aaron. Aaron's yes, one of my best friends, so I agree with him. Whatever that meant, I agree with him. Uh, top fan, super fan, Sarah Anderick says, uh, uh, starting some good conversations with everyone in the break room, listen to you guys. to the Oh, while everyone in the break room listens to you guys today. That's good. Good. Everyone should I, hear this. I, I am glad that the uh, people at your job, this was their introduction. This to was us. their like, introduction like, was us talking five, about Eric five Swalwell minutes farting. On Eric Swalwell farting. farting. <laughs> This is what the show is about. The show, guys, if this is your first time listening, first of all, thank you for tuning in. Uh, yes. And second of all, uh, it really goes downhill from the fart jokes. <laughs> it really does. It's uh, not going I, to get better. We are definitely not GA on this show. So uh, GA means Geico approved. Um, oh, I'm sorry. Yeah. We sure yeah. aren't. We aren't. Um, we are definitely so, not. Uh, buckle in if you are in that break room. Um, yeah, no, it's uh, it's bad. Tom Tom Arnold says he's uh, listening to the impeachment inquiry on his way home from the questioning. It's easy to determine that Congress critters are stupid. Tom, only Congress could take what Trump has done and make him into somehow possibly a sympathetic figure as a result. Of it. Like these are some of the dumbest people on earth. That's uh, like I I know that we don't have a lot on the uh, impeachment on here, but Adam Schiff is. It, he may be Andy Kaufman, just truly no, he's on, he's trolling, Andy Kaufman. just truly trolling the Democratic Party. He's Andy it's Kaufman. Insane. I was prescient in that. I said he was, and now everyone realizes he is. And he's not even really using that much makeup this time. Chris Reynolds says, uh, buckle up, not in. I, that depends on how you're using the buckle, Chris. Yeah, uh, well, don't jerk while you're doing it, huh? <laughs> huh? Hey, Shout out to Geico. Don't jerk while driving. Um, that should be. Hey, well, Geico, Geico, yeah, Geico Ge- may like re- take away all of your uh, insurance if you jerk while driving. Yeah, guys, uh, guy, our new Geico crew listeners, um, you might want to check out the South Dakota anti-masturbation campaign for some tips for uh, for what the gecko can be telling the drivers there in in the the upper Midwest. That's right. Not sure why that's. Uh, I mean, I guess, so, you know, there's not really much to do in South Dakota. And you picture no, you're just driving. I've seen the streets. They're just these long, you're driving like 
500 miles in a straight line. And you're sitting there in cruise control, just by yourself. It's late at night. You're trying to stay awake. Late at night. That's not a good way to stay awake, honestly. Uh, Man, you... that is the okay. So I'm gonna have to disagree with you here because uh, I've definitely jerked and drive, jerked and drived, Dr- jork, driven, jork and drove. Eh, whatever. I've definitely done that before, mm-hmm. and. Uh, it was, I'm tired. I don't want to fall asleep. One, you're, you're paying attention to the road. So you're going to be awake as long, like you're not going to be able to finish that quickly. So you're getting an ex, you're getting a heart rate up. Your heart rate's going up. You got some time. Like it just, uh, it's really hard to fall asleep while you're doing that. While you're doing it. Yeah. But it's re- also really hard to finish because you're paying attention to the road. I've only finished once. So this is like a Tantra thing? Yeah. I'm still not for doing me, it. I, don't, I mean, I don't know for everybody, but for me. I mean, our roads are a nightmare here. I couldn't even think of that. That's uh, 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 Yakov says, uh, do some meth and, and jerk it in your Tesla. That seems right. like a, a fair compromise. So speaking of uh, the impeachment inquiry, are we that not was doing what we were talking thing? about, wasn't it? Uh, Donald Trump. Are we not doing the? Are we not doing the thing right? Oh gosh! Me? Speaking of uh, masturbation and and driving and just terrible subjects to talk about. Here's my favorite <laughs> segment: the personal injury attorney, Chris Reynolds, attorney at law, Anchor.fm call-in moment, where our top sponsor, Chris Reynolds. <laughs> You see, uh, hits us with some. If you're some... jerking and driving and you get into a car accident, Chris Reynolds, attorney at law, personal injury attorney, Chris Reynolds can help you sue the Jurgens Corporation. Um, so we've got some messages. Are those all? Oh, wow. We got a few of them. Uh, so we've got some, uh, we got four messages today. From personal injury attorney Chris Reynolds, attorney at law, right here. And uh, we're going to start with the AOC Millennial Minute. Personal injury attorney Chris Reynolds here with your AOC Millennial Minute. One of my favorite esteemed jurists uh, by the name of Geraldo recently gave an opinion um, that I thought was poignant, as usual. Um, and uh, essentially what he was saying was uh, really the, the if, if Richard Nixon had Fox News on his side back then, that he would not have had to resign. Um, and I know he was saying that as probably kind of a pat on the back to him and, and his fellow co-workers. Um, but I also thought it maybe wrong a little true. Um, I don't know. So I was wondering what you guys thought about that. Thanks. Hmm. So this was before the obviously before Fox News or the era of conservative uh major uh this, television media. This was this was before 24-hour media. Yeah, it was before 24-hour media. It was also before talk radio. Um and it was actually so actually what spurred um, What let me rephrase that. 
let me rephrase that. It was before the era of conservative talk radio. So prior okay. to the, prior to that, the FCC had the um, I forget what it was called. The, basically, a neutrality law that you had to give equal time to different viewpoints uh, on if you were broadcasting in TV or radio. Uh, um, Ronald Reagan uh, uh, repealed that um, because the government shouldn't be telling you what you have to say about things. And uh, as a result of that, uh, talk radio, AM radio started with Rush Limbaugh as one of the original people uh, with doing conservative talk radio. And that was the first time uh, in any kind of real big uh, uh, media, um, broadcast media, that people were hearing exclusively uh, conservative opinions um, outside of like just people giving, uh, you know, uh, um, people up until then it, you would have conservatives that would go on media to give their viewpoint and then, you know, uh, a progressive or someone else giving their viewpoint. So it was like how, you know, a lot of media is where you have people arguing with each other, but you would never get someone just giving their unvarnished opinion on something. Um, Nixon was like 10, what, 15 years before all that. Um, so... Yeah, I mean, here, here's what I can tell you, Chris. Richard Nixon, when he resigned, 58% of Americans wanted him removed from office. 59, 58 or 59%, according to Gallup, on the day that he announced that he was leave, that he was um, that he was retiring, uh, resigning. Um, those numbers were pretty even across the board. A little bit more among Dem- higher among Democrats and Independents than Republicans, but Republicans were over 50% as well. Today, a very slight majority of Americans want Donald Trump impeached, but it's much more lopsided. You have overwhelming numbers of Democrats and independents who want him impeached, and nearly every single Republican in the country who doesn't want him impeached. And so the question is, if people were only getting media from traditional sources and not getting conservative media but also not getting the blatantly lopsided progressive media like MSNBC, would those numbers be higher across the board? I think they would. I'm not sure. I think that we're just becoming more polarized or Republicans and Democrats are being conditioned to become more tribalized right. anyway. But and, I, it's, I mean, it's a good thought exercise. Yeah. And I mean, what, what he did, what Chris actually asked, would Nixon have survived? If, 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 in oh, today. you mean his actual um, question? Right. And uh, there's a there's a chance he would have. Yeah. Especially especially if Nixon had done what he did in 2016, as opposed to 1972. If he had done it in 2016, it would have been like, yeah, but yeah, is this the worst thing we've ever heard of this decade? would he survive in today's climate or uh probably well first of all richard nixon would have learned that you just accuse the media of lying and that's this didn't start with trump by the way this has been going on for a few a few presidents and politicians in general you can just stand in front of a camera and say they're lying and there are enough of people emotionally invested in you remaining in office because they like you more than the other party, then you can conceivably, and keeping in mind, Richard Nixon won a massive landslide victory just a couple of years before. I think actually just one year before. 
Just um, yeah, it was nineteen. It was uh, nineteen seventy-two. Was the election? Was the election? And, that's when and, it happened. Yeah, and he and, resigned in seventy-three or seventy-four. Seventy-four. Okay, so it was two years later, or or probably not quite two years later, year and a half later, something like that. Coming off of that kind of landslide victory, if you just lied and I didn't do it, I didn't do it, I didn't do it, um, and had sympathetic media that would just play you saying you didn't do it all the time, and had thought leaders saying, yeah, he didn't do it, and what he did, and even if he did do it, it wasn't that bad anyway, he could have survived. And one of the big things that the reason he had to uh, resign was because of the 18 minutes of missing audio right. from the tapes. and. If he had anybody on his side in the media saying, yeah, but that could have, they could have been talking about something different. They could have been talking about something top secret. They could have been talking about something classified. So they deleted it. We don't know. We have no way of knowing. Like just to put that little, just to put that little seed in people's brains. What was it? 10,000 emails that Hillary deleted? And I'm not doing a what about is and well, what about Hillary? I'm just saying politicians can now get away with some insane stuff that would not have been acceptable uh uh prior to um you know prior to the hyper partisan uh era and it's interesting because they're becoming more and more partisan and tribalized while their actual policies are becoming more and more the same and it's like they have to rely on this tribalism to create the illusion that there's an actual difference between them the only difference is whether you like red or blue and, and whether you like this type of, you know, base messaging versus this type of base messaging, but in terms of what you actually get, there's almost no real difference. Um, so that's a good question. Uh, uh, I, I tend to think, yeah, he might have, he might have, uh, he might have made it. Uh, here's the next uh, one from Chris. Personal injury attorney Chris Reynolds here with your Klobuchar corner with the Iowa caucuses coming up here relatively soon. We um, are seeing lots of articles and discussion about why is Iowa first? Um, why does it make them more important? Is this the best way to pick a president? Why are we doing things kind of in this weird antiquated way? Um, and um, with Iowa and, and New Hampshire so important, um, disproportionately so, um, it seems like this would be one of those old laws that we could change that doesn't really make sense anymore. Um, and I've never heard you guys really talk about that. Maybe you have, but um, I'd love your guys' thoughts on the uh, initial primaries. Thank you. Matt, you take this one first. Um, I'd, I've never given the, I've never really given the primaries much thought on why Iowa was first or, I know that it puts all eyes on. It's just not any, like, I just assumed, okay, you have two states that wanted to be first. So they battled it out until one of them became the first one. And the other one was like, we can't make it earlier than this. That's ludicrous. And then it's just like, well, whatever. I like, I've never actually given that any sort of thought. So this might surprise you everyone, but I've got quite a bit to say about this. Um, I know it's a shock. Um, as an anarchist. As an anarchist, uh, what did we want at one hour, one minute, I think? Probably not. It's probably less than that. Yeah, a little bit. A little bit less. Almost at, at almost the hour mark. As an anarchist. No, here, here's the thing with the primaries. First of all, 
any state can pick their primary whenever they want. Although I think now the to try to keep them from becoming earlier and earlier, because in the 2016 primary primaries, some of them were held in 2015, and it was like okay, enough already. Um, and uh, and so the the parties actually stepped in to to say if you if you move yours earlier than these different dates then we're going to penalize you and you know your points aren't going to be worth as much um and so it's kind of stopped them from going back to like you know the day after election day of the previous cycle um everyone wants to be first now the interesting thing is that it's actually quick, pretty uh like before you finish that uh if they go to anchor.fm uh slash muddied waters mm-hmm. uh muddied water muddied waters muddied waters yeah yeah, uh, there's a little donate button, and uh, anybody that wants to donate to us can donate to us there. You can also donate crypto to us on on float. uh, float.app. Yeah, and I'll show you a little. I have a rest, good rest of your shift at work at Geico. Yeah, have a great shift at Geico, guys. Don't jerk and drive. Um, <laughs> the so. I mean, it's it's a uh, it's it's a it's just it's a weird thing. And Chris is right; it's an antiquated way of doing it. Interestingly enough, uh, winning Iowa is a great way to end up becoming the Democrat nominee. It's also a great way to not become the Republican nominee. So I think the last time that the person who won the Iowa uh, uh, Republican caucus that then got the nominee the nomination was Bob Dole in '96 or something like that. It seems like whoever wins Iowa ends up not winning. So Ted Cruz, of course, won Iowa uh, in 2016. He did not become president. Um, I don't know who won 2015. You mean 2012? 20, yeah, 2012. 2012 um, was won by not Romney because Romney got the, the full nomination. I'm not sure. Uh, if, did Bob Dole win it or was it uh... – Forbes, Stephen Forbes. Hold on, Iowa caucus Republican. Because I remember thinking that. Oh, Stephen Bob Dole and Phil Graham tied for twenty four percent, and then Pat Buchanan got eighteen percent. The two thousand Iowa caucus winner was. Uh, oh, just show me. Uh, gosh, um. Oh, no, we did. Uh, so I'm wrong. Steve Forbes won the, or not Steve Forbes, George Bush won the, so since 2000, they haven't haven't won it. In 2008, the uh, caucus was won by not Mitt Romney. 2000. Well, it was won by, Mike Huckabee won it in 2008. And then in, in 20. Instead of McCain. Yeah. And then it went to McCain. And then the winner of, I don't get what, so just ignore what I said, because I was told the stat that uh, whoever gets the nomination for the Republican uh, win in Iowa, no, it, so originally it was announced that the winner in, uh, oh, where was it? That Santorum was the winner in uh, in Iowa, and then they realized that they had done the vote wrong, and it ended up being Mitt Romney. All that to say is that it is not a guarantee that you will become president. But if you're a if you're a 
if you have a low chance of getting it anyway, whether you're a Ted Cruz or a Buttigieg or whatever, the best way you can do that is hit hard in Iowa because you're the first winner of a, of a caucus and you can hopefully build momentum on that. So, um, it's, it is antiquated. It's weird. You have politicians that are promising everything corn related that they possibly can. It is a big part of why, uh, corn syrup is subsidized so heavily, which has led to massive obesity. It is a part of why, uh, why, um, uh, why corn in general is, is subsidized so heavily. It's a part of why 10% of our freaking, uh, gasoline has to have, uh, corn ethanol in it which uh wears on your engine parts and makes your car not last as long it's just it's it's the reason why government is basically corn raping you and you can think i was first in this first in the yeah corn hole in you right in the old uh climb the old corn pole as uh pete Buttigieg would say so you get rammed with the corn pole. No wonder you didn't so, well in Iowa. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> so, so yeah. So it's it's kind of a dumb system. Um, it also just speaks to how like terrible democracy is. Like that. This is how we're choosing who. This is not the best way to organize a society. Clearly. Clearly. Uh, Bass at YouTube says, is it possible to see a Buttigieg Santorum ticket? Sure. Why not? They both seem to be really cool with the sweater vests. And, um, you know, and after this week, I've realized pretty much any ticket's possible. More on that later. <laughs> uh, but, uh, yeah, no, any ticket, any ticket you could possibly dream, Matt. Um, <laughs> but, uh, you could possibly even think of even briefly. Um, so, yeah. So, oh, and uh, so here is the next one from uh, personal injury attorney, Chris Reynolds, attorney at law. Personal injury attorney, Chris Reynolds here with the Kaepernick corner. So I need help. Um, hopefully the muddied waters media members can help me figure this out. I thought this story was over. Um, so... <laughs> I guess the NFL set up this thing for Kaepernick to try out for like 25 or so of the teams. Um, And then a couple hours before they spring this release on him, basically saying, sign this and you're essentially agreeing to never sue us again for anything ever, which as a lawyer, I can say I would never let anyone sign that. Um, So then Kaepernick goes and and does his own thing uh, for far fewer teams at another facility with his own people, his own cameramen. And I don't even know who was right and who was wrong here. I kind of understand both sides, um, but I'd love your guys' thoughts. Thanks. So this one I know. Okay, Uh, good. Yeah, go ahead. Yeah, don't worry. I got this one. Um, So what – I did not hear that the release said that they that he could not sue the NFL ever again. I that's not what I heard. I heard that it was a standard release saying that he could not sue them if he got injured during this event. That's what that's what I heard, and that's what it. And the NFL is saying that it was a standard release that they put out for every uh, time that they do an event like this. Uh, 
what I heard was what I read and what I heard was that he said, uh, I'm not going to sign this release, but I will give you this release, which gave him free reign to sue them whenever uh, and said nothing about injuries uh, during this event. And he also said that he wanted his own camera team there to film him, uh, even though the NFL said no outside camera people. Uh, they said that the camera people that they had there would be uh, would send the footage of his workout to every team, even the teams that didn't show up. They and his workout was supposed to start at three o'clock at the Atlanta Falcons practice factory. At two thirty on Twitter, he announced that it wasn't going to be happening there and that it was going to be held sixty miles away at a different at a high school football stadium, uh, which only gave people at four o'clock so it gave people hour and a half in atlanta to go 60 miles so they can't they're not gonna be able to get there yeah so eight teams made it eight teams ended up making it um they he did his workout he was wearing a shirt that said kunta kente on it uh whatever uh he (laughs) and his agent said that uh, somebody told him he has an elite arm like he had just come out of college again. Uh, sure, I haven't heard any of the team say that. Not saying it's not true, just yeah, whatever. Now, Jay-Z, who owns Raqqa Sports or whatever the, his agency is called, okay. uh, said that he is pissed off at Kaepernick for turning it into a publicity stunt. Stephen A. Smith, who is the most obnoxious person on ESPN, uh, who is the most obnoxious person on ESPN uh, and has been a Kaepernick fan throughout all of this, has come out and said that he disagrees with how Kaepernick handled this situation. Okay. Uh, how do I you just tell think- people? In, I, I've, I've had enough Atlanta traffic experience to know that you don't tell someone at four o'clock to go anywhere. Right. That they aren't already at. Unless they can walk there. Most of the teams. Right. Yeah, exactly. Most of the teams were already at the facility that they were supposed to be at when he canceled it and said, okay, I'm going to be here in an hour and a half. Now, correct. So for, for four years or whatever it's been for right. four years, you have been bitching and moaning about the fact that the NFL's blackballed you and like you can't get into the NFL and all you want to do is play in the NFL. And yeah, you'll even stand for the national anthem. You'll even take a backup position, which you didn't do four years ago because you felt that you deserved to be the number one guy. You did all of this. You finally get your chance. You finally get your chance. The NFL sets up a special practice for you a special tryout workout so you can try out for 25 different teams and an hour and a half beforehand because you couldn't get your film crew there and you they didn't want to accept your liability waiver you go nope never mind i'm gonna go do my own thing yeah i mean i so i thoroughly enjoy how his time of not standing for the flag triggers just all the right people but my understanding is that he was already declining in his skills as a quarterback 
had already become a backbencher. And right when it was looking like... Isn't Pete Buttigieg a backbencher? Oh, hey oh. Oh, hey oh. He, uh, and so... And then he does. He starts doing this stuff, raising his profile. He doesn't get. Uh, he doesn't get re, re, re. His contract doesn't get renewed, and no one brings him on. And he, you know, files his lawsuit and, and all the stuff that's happened since then. Now he has a big Nike sponsorship. Is it possible that he's just not good enough to be playing in the NFL anymore, or at least not for the money he wants. Cause it also wasn't he offered, I think you, you just mentioned this, what he was offered a, a, a job, a, a, a slot, but it was he not going to be as the starting ca- quarterback. He was offered, uh, I, I think it was five uh, backup spots, uh, Seattle, Denver, Baltimore, and I think two others. And he said, no, I deserve to be a starter. And according to his numbers, he doesn't. Right. He doesn't deserve to be a starter. So he was saying, yeah, no, I deserve to be a starter. And they were like, no, you don't. And then they had to make the decision. Is this somebody that's worth bringing on as a backup? Right. Who's going to be sucking all. He's going to be the Donald Trump of the NFL. He's going to be sucking right. all the media. Right. Like your, your starting quarterback is going to be out there. And after a loss or after a bad game, the media is going to turn its attention straight to Kaepernick, who's going to be saying, "No, I should have been the one out there. I would have won the game." You know, right, just the whole thing. Constantly yeah. in the middle of it, and they're only doing this to me because I'm being blackballed by Goodell and the rest of the NFL. And it's just, it's not worth the media circus. And right. what he's doing now is just more evidence that all he's trying to do is become the central figure of a media circus. Right. In preparation for his Senate run. There's that one coming. Uh, and then here is the last question from personal injury attorney Chris Reynolds, attorney at law. Personal injury attorney Chris Reynolds here with Trump time. So as the election gets closer, um, we have our every four-year scrutiny of the electoral college and there's lots of criticisms from its somewhat maybe racist origins to some of the unfairness and disparity but what i'd like to know from you guys is kind of the libertarian perspective uh typically i i think of libertarians as being more you know states rights local government um focused, um, which seems to be more of what the Electoral College is, um, at, at, but at the same time, seems to me, you know, popular vote is kind of a more fair way to do things. So what say you? So the libertarian, there is no libertarian consensus on the Electoral College. Um, you've got everything from people who, like you were saying, side with the whole concept of, you know, we're a nation state of individual states and each one of them should be picking president and they, you know, they get their, uh, you know, they get their number of votes, but it's, you know, each one of us is an autonomous state choosing who we want to be president. And that's the way it should be done. We shouldn't just have our lot thrown in, in some big national election. You've got people who go, no, this is, you know, a complete mockery of the concept of, of, of voting in the first place that you could literally have, you know, conceivably have a president who, someone who loses by as much as six or seven million votes uh, or even more 
and still, if their right votes are in the right place, even though you know a large, you know, even if the majority of people vote against this this person, they could still end up becoming president, and that's a mockery to the whole system, and we should abolish that. Uh, you have people who say that, like me, that you know, the whole, all of these systems are just terrible ways of picking people, and we should you know abolish it entirely, and the Constitution has proven itself unfit to exist. Why do you say that? Why do I say that the Constitution is unfit to exist? because the uh it has proven itself as spooner said uh in that because wonderful disney special that's all I'm looking for what's that because you're an anarchist that's all because, oh yeah yeah because yeah, i'm an anarchist mm-hmm. right. uh just like the great uh the great spooner i don't have that meme to show you i wish i did but it's watermarked i can tell you that, that was um, watermarked. it is watermarked but uh um so it's kind of all over the place. I, a lot of Libertarian Party people say we should get rid of the Electoral College and include uh, and replace it with a ranked choice voting system, which would, and there are a few different versions of that, but it would basically allow smaller parties to actually have some say without having to win, you know, the most votes that you would have. You know, the parties that got the most votes would get the most seats, but the lesser parties that got less votes, it, so long as they cross some kind of threshold, would be able to um get some seats so that you know libertarians and other lesser known parties would get some kind of representation and it would make people more likely to vote for third and fourth party options because they know that their vote's not completely wasted that it would it would go toward in terms of who you know who wins they know that if enough of them vote for say the libertarian party or the green party or whatever that they could actually have some seats even if they only got five six seven percent of the vote so it's really all over the place. My opinion is the entire thing is a terrible way of doing things in the first place. Uh, and all of the problems that you can cite for any of these systems are why the idea of imposing the will of the majority or the plurality or the right number of people in individual states on literally everyone else at gunpoint is a terrible way of organizing a society. So... Matt? Uh, I would say that, uh, yes, Spike's correct. Uh, but since right now we don't have a better option, uh, I think that most libertarians uh, would feel that the Electoral College is a better way to handle it than the popular vote because otherwise the presidential election could be decided by L.A., San Francisco, Seattle, Chicago, Dallas, New York, Miami, DC, and Boston. Yeah, and even that I might be throwing in too many. Yeah, uh, if a, if a large enough number, if the rest of the votes are relatively even, and you get enough lopsiding enough numbers in like the the, the tops, Chicago, New York, Boston, uh, 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 LA, and 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 Dallas and Houston, so like, then you'd have the people from the largest cities in the in the country deciding everything for everybody else and you'd get kind of the opposite of what we have now so right now you've got Buttigieg and, and Biden going to glad hand a bunch of corn farmers and pretend that they care about them the other 364 days out of that year and yeah. so you've got that spectacle the other spectacle you would get is where politicians in one way would be a little bit more honest because they really just spend all their time in major cities and they would appeal only to the most urban people and they would, uh, uh, you know, urban and metropolitan uh, people 
uh, maybe venture out into the suburbs in close races, but most of the time they'd just be hitting the areas with the highest populations. There would just be a tour back and forth from like a dozen or so cities with occasional hits out to the suburbs just to just to let the know the suburbans know that they're there for them but you know rural area rural areas would not be represented but again that speaks to the fact that we are not one unified nation and that all of these things invite massive amounts of uh distress in people at the thought of having someone else impose their will on them well all of these systems are that all of these systems are people voting to impose their will on everyone else. So there is no moral or just way to distribute that. Uh, but yeah, I'm not a fan of national popular vote. I think I'd be a fan of ranked choice voting because if, if you were going to have it, um, where it would actually allow not just the Republicans and Democrats to be represented. Um, but short of that, I think I think a national popular vote is going to lead to something that most people don't realize it's going to lead to just like literally just Trump's going to be in New York. He's going to be in, he's going to be in all the big cities and, yep. and future. And knowing this country, if we switch to a ranked choice voting, uh, they would put the Republicans and the Democrats on and that's it. And it's like, pick which one you'd rather have. Each one you want gets one. Each one you don't want gets half. And then it would just, and that's possible too. The uh, the other way of doing it is wh- where um, uh, list voting. There's a bunch of ways to do it, but you could still screw with those systems to make sure that only the top two or three parties, you know, get represented. Again, all these systems suck and they're terrible. Um, speaking of sucky, terrible things, Donald Trump um, pardoned and promoted a, a bunch of war criminals. Uh, I have a picture of one of them. I'm not sure which one this is, but. Uh, he gave three presidential pardons for soldier, that, soldiers. That would be Edward Gallagher. That's Edward Gallagher. Um, mm-hmm. So that was the one that was the worst. Um, these were all... Uh, uh, so one was facing trial, um, but uh, the, the other two, uh, including this one, had been actually charged. Um, Matthew uh, Gol- Goldstein... Uh, is facing trial for killing a detainee in Afghanistan. He has now been pardoned for that and uh, is being um, promoted. Uh, uh, Navy SEAL Edward Gallinger, who had been charged with more than a dozen crimes in his uh, eight deployments, uh, he was found guilty for posing with the body of a dead teenager. No, he... uh, Edward Gallagher is the one that got promoted. Oh, I thought they all got promoted. No, only one of them got promoted. Oh, okay, okay, okay. Um uh, he was acquitted of murder and uh, an attempted murder charges, but he was uh, found guilty for posing with the body of a dead teenager he allegedly killed. This is also the one that uh, his own uh, seal, uh, um, uh, his own uh, his own people that were fighting with him, his own seal. What am I word I'm looking for? Uh, the people that were deployed with him, his fellow seals, uh, actually had testified that they um, that they rigged his his equipment to malfunction to not work correctly because he kept murdering people. Um, and, uh, where they were actually terrified to, uh, testify against him, um, because of the immense pressure they were getting from the Navy SEAL, uh, brass to, to not do it. Um, and of course now they've now seen the president pardon him and promote him, which, you know, pretty much sends the message home. If you want to be a SEAL, you have to murder people. Uh, did I... Did you say, because you were going pretty quick, did you say that he was charged with more than a dozen crimes? He was charged more than a dozen crimes and uh, found and his, guilty. 
so he was charged with more than a dozen crimes in his eighth deployment. That means just, that he had been he had been that yeah, just in his eighth. Oh, just in his eighth. Just in his eighth. Oh God. So he had been he had been shipped over there eight times. Uh and during the eighth one is when he committed all of these crimes. God. I'm not defending this man by any means. But what I will say, if we didn't have this nonstop endless war going on, he would not have been deployed over there eight oh, absolutely. times. Yeah, absolutely. Eight times. Eight times. And on the eighth time was where he snapped. Yeah. I'm not defending him. And I'm not yep. saying that he deserves the pardon because I'm not. And I'm definitely not saying he deserves a promotion because yep. I'm not. He should have never been over there eight times. He should have never been over there once. You're subjecting people to. The, the, the military has people who for over a decade have been I, killing. I the H on the eighth. Then I, yeah, I, that's why. So I thought it was during <laughs> his eight deployments. Oh, no, sorry, I, I, that was a typo. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, no, that's okay. But you have people who are being deployed multiple times over the course of a decade whose job is to kill people. Whatever high-minded thoughts you may have had when you first went into that, that has to change you mentally and psychologically. And what are these people going to do when they come home and can't kill people anymore? Like, it's just, this is not Call of Duty. You know, this is not a video game. This is people being sent thousands of miles away to a completely foreign land to kill people. Lots and lots and lots and lots of people, many of whom are trying to kill them too because they invaded their country. And that has to warp you. And so he also pardoned uh, Lieutenant Clint, Clint Lawrence, who had been sentenced for murder in 2013. Uh, the, the official White House statement said, when our soldiers have to fight for our country, I want to give them the confidence to fight, which in these cases were... Uh, children and unarmed detainees right now so i read up on i read up on each of these i don't remember clint lawrence's as much um but matthew with one t never trust a matthew with one t (laughs) i read that and it just it upset that's the problem that was the problem he needed that extra t yeah would make you think a little bit more um so he took, there was a detainee that they had at camp. He took him outside of camp, shot him, buried him in a, in a grave, in a shallow grave. Don't know why he would have gotten pardoned. What he did was the man was in captivity. He was being detained at camp. He took, the, took him off of camp, took him off of base, killed him, buried him in a shallow grave. There's no, there is absolutely no excuse for this. Yeah. Uh, Edward Gallagher, more than a dozen crimes uh, in his eighth deployment. Yeah. Um, He was acquitted of murder and uh, acquitted of attempted murder charges in July, but he was found guilty of posing with the body of the dead teenager. He allegedly also killed. Again, he had been there eight times. Yeah. If 
well, I think what he did was horrendous and he should definitely be punished for his crimes. A lot of that has to fall back on the people who sent him there eight times. Right. He was also up for his promotion. Uh, He was up for his promotion to E7, senior chief, uh, up for his promotion for senior chief before these came out. And because of the dozen war crimes he committed, right, they didn't give it to him. Right. And Trump ended up pardoning him and giving him that promotion. And Bass kind of touches on what you were just talking about, about some shared blame here, because he said, isn't war crimes a redundant statement? And doesn't it seem hypocritical to charge people with such a crime? And I, and I, I agree with that. Here's the problem. You're going to go invade a country and kill people who meant us no harm and are literally fighting back because you invaded them. But if you kill an unarmed civilian, that's wrong. Now, that's true. That is wrong. But it was also wrong to go there in the first place and the people that are fighting you. Yeah, once you're there and someone's shooting at you, it makes sense you shoot back. But they're only shooting at you because you invaded their country and bombed their country and destabilized their country and, you know, wreaking havoc in their neighborhoods and are, are allowing... A uh, 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 group, the only groups that are fighting against you, who are also often criminal groups that are terrorizing their own people. Now they're the ones that have, you know, that are trying to fill in that vacuum of power. Like you've just, you've destroyed their community, and now they're fighting back. Okay, so yeah, it is. Is it hypocritical? Yeah. Should this guy be charged for murdering people? Yes. And we should also be looking at charging some of the people who have lied to get us into these things in the first place and continue them, or at the very least, get rid of them so that they aren't in power anymore. So I, I definitely understand that statement. I think that, that it was that a, I think it was last week where you said one of the major reasons that we're still over in Afghanistan is because we're protecting the poppy fields. Because, yeah. Yeah. Yep. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Poppy fields, reason. poppy fields and the possibility of oil pipelines through what is it? Tajikistan or whatever. Although that, that hasn't come to fruition yet because the Taliban is, you know, doing well enough that they can stop, you know, I mean, good luck trying to construct a pipeline through there right now. Do you know what will happen? When the U.S. leaves at some point, however many years from now, same thing that was what happened in Vietnam, we're going to have great relations with the Taliban, and they're gonna, they, we're going to have trade with them, and there will be oil pipelines and everything else. And you could have just done that in the first damn place. And I'm not saying the Taliban is okay. The Taliban's terrible. And, and, and you know, I, I'm certainly not, which is why the the U.S. government shouldn't have helped create the Mujahideen to fight against the Soviets in the first place. A whole other subject. The point being that the sooner we leave, the better, and the more, and I say healing, it's not going to be some you know pretty Care Bears thing where everyone starts hugging each other, but this, this war can stop, and, and something that looks a lot better can begin. Um, so, go ahead. Chris Reynolds just asked, we don't have a draft, so soldiers are just as culpable because it's voluntary? Question. Uh-oh. Uh-oh. So, uh oh, uh oh, uh oh. Personal thought on this: when a lot of soldiers sign up, it's in order to protect the country here, away from people who are trying to attack the country. Mm-hmm. 
not going there. Mm-hmm. If I voluntarily shoot somebody who is coming here to hurt me, nobody would have an issue with it. The fact that we're going there onto their land and their property, that's why we start having issues. Uh Uh-oh. Here's what I want to say. How do I want to say this? Not that way. I was going to say, are you going to, don't, don't AV this. Their parents drove them to MEPS. <laughs> <laughs> Their parents drove them to the, to the recruiter. So here's the problem. Yes, in theory, a lot. Of, so the main reasons that people join the military, as stated by them, are to fight to defend their country, to get various, you know, benefits like TRICARE, yeah. the GI Bill, you know, and, 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 and I'm not trying to say this in a cynical way, like, oh, they're just doing it for money. They're doing it because a lot of times that's their best option or they perceive that to be their best option. And they're also fed a lot of crap by military recruiters. And also the, the, uh, another large one is it's my, the family tradition. My dad did it. My grandpa did it. You know, my, my sister's in there. My brother's in there. We're all, we're a military family and that's what we do. That's probably the most compelling reason is just, that's all I know. That's a hard one to, to go against. That's all I know. And it's also a compelling one to say, well, I, I feel like it's my best option. Okay, I, I get that. Although you're going to find it wasn't and you're going to wish you hadn't done it more than likely. I've met very few people that went, boy, am I glad that I signed up to fight in the military. Almost never. Unless they join like the Air Force. They seem to be happy with it. Uh, the, uh, Coast Guard as well. Yeah, I don't, so because the Coast Guard is really truly a domestic thing, I don't really put that in the same, even though it's, but yes, Coast Guard, Homeland Security, those people tend to, whatever. Like Chris said. Coast Guard is actual military. Homeland Security is a bunch of high school dropouts. The Coast Guard's part of Homeland Security. Is it now? Yeah, it's part of the Department oh, man, of Homeland it used Security. To be, it used to be considered like actual military. Yeah, they're right in there with TSA. Now, their training is on it. I mean, they're not comparable in that way, but they're part of the Department of DHS. Uh, Chris Reynolds, it's still voluntary, though. Uh-oh. Here's the thing. To say that third one, I'm just fighting for my country. Again, you're dealing with 17 and 18-year-olds, but at this point... And Sarah said we were 17 and didn't know better who's a libertarian at 17. Exactly. At 17, 18 years old, I don't know, guys. I was 17 and I already knew what the U.S. military did. But my dad also hated the military. So that's probably why. Right. And I was 17 when I joined and my dad loved the U.S. military. Right. And that's, we are the products of exactly what we're talking about. My dad said, if there's ever a draft, I'm sending you to Canada. I don't care what you have to say about it. And if no son of mine will ever be in the military. Matt's dad dad was like, my dad said, if there's ever a draft, I recommend you either go to college or you join the reserves. So, (laughs) but he, but he spoke well of the military. Mine spoke poorly. I did not go to the military. Matt did. And that's kind of a perfect example of that. So, Chris Reynolds, so it's not voluntary? 
uh-oh, here's the, being careful here, Chris. Here, I, I ultimately, at 17, 18 years old, yeah, you're responsible for your choices. I will say that they have been heavily, heavily influenced into doing this financially in, in, in how they've been conditioned at the family level and everything else. But yeah, I mean, at the end of the day, they signed up for it. And I think I put more culpability on the people doing the ordering, but the reality is that at least until this is truly a defensive military, we should be discouraging people from joining the military because right now, and for several decades since, before, and with no inclination that it's going to change, joining the military means signing up to be a part of the machine that murders people around the world. And we know that. And there's no, appears to be no change in sight. So knowing that, we really should be encouraging people to do something else and discouraging joining. Not because we hate America or whatever, but because right now that organization is not something that's, it's something that's making us less safe. It's something that's making everyone hate us. It's something that's resulting in them going there, putting people in body bags, themselves being put in body bags, or themselves being subjected to all sorts of physical and psychological trauma as a result. And I think it's, I think that's the best way to deal with it. You are absolutely correct that it is voluntary. It is voluntary. It is voluntary. Yep. And so when when I joined, God, this is gonna be really hard to do. When I joined, um, we weren't really at a threat of war with anybody at the time. Right. Which wasn't that long ago. Um, just a couple of years ago. Just a couple of years ago. Um, it was just kind of like, it was just something to do in order to, for me, it was to help pay for college because we didn't have the money and I didn't want that. Uh, so I did it to help pay for college and we weren't at a threat of going to war. So I joined and, uh, luckily me and the military did not work out well. Because not long after that, two towers fell. Three towers fell. Yeah. Well, two towers in a building. And uh, well, suddenly... We... Two towers fell, and then something happened at another building. Right. And uh, then we were at war with the entire Middle East. Right. And it was actually a huge relief to me because, man, drugs were fun. Uh, so... I was able to discover them many years earlier. So it was a twofer for you. It was a twofer. Not only did you get to discover drugs, but you didn't have to serve in the military. Right. Perfect. Hamp has a good point here. He says, if people stop volunteering, the imperialist would have to pay better or do it themselves. Yeah. Actually, if people stop volunteering, they reinstate the draft. Probably. And we're about to actually hit a point where no one's going to have to volunteer because it's going to be done increasingly by robotics. Um, You've already got people in drones and they're going to be introducing land drones soon and automated, you know, soldiers and things like that. And the very second that the U.S. decides to break their treaties 
on, you know, because uh, right now there are treaties that almost all countries have signed that said that they won't have any weaponry that aims and shoots itself. There has to be a person controlling it. The very second that that technology becomes good enough that the U.S. feels confident in leaving it, and other countries will as well, you'll now have robotic wars. And by the way, that will bring back the hot war uh, to a lot of areas that don't have it right now. Um, because imagine if instead of talking about sending 250,000 troops to Iran or I don't know, wherever, Libya, Where? whatever, instead, mm-hmm. or Syria, you're talking about sending 20,000 robots that are operating themselves. Now it's just a question of the damage they will do and the cost of doing it. There are no lives at stake. There is no long-term, you know, suffering as a result of, you know, PTSD from people coming home or any of that. It's no, just honestly, simply... It's, it's probably cheaper than... Oh, it's way cheaper. Pay, pay, paying for GI Bill, pay, paying for it's, TRICARE, paying for the VA, paying for... <laughs> like, all of that's gone. <clears throat> yeah. No, that's... that's It is way, way, way cheaper. Because even if the machines are a million dollars a piece, which they wouldn't be, but even if they were, that would still be a lot less than the overall cost of sending people there. Especially since you probably wouldn't have to send as many as you would people. Um when that happens it'll be it'll be the uh it'll be the end of that um you'll see a lot more hot wars um and uh they'll ha- they'll end very quickly because no one's going to be able to uh, uh defend themselves against something that can aim in every direction at once and never gets tired never gets scared never gets you know lonely never gets cold or hot you know is is just always on alert perfect alert at all times there it's it's that will change everything, and then it won't matter whether you sign up or not. Um, and then you will have a people who are increasingly averse to war, whose opinions are completely irrelevant because they can still just use these robots. So it's, it'll be very, 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 very interesting times. And speaking of interesting times, well, not yet. Um, but that'll come soon. Speaking of interesting times, Thursday at 9.30 p.m. Eastern, I'm going to be hosting the Masters of Debate LNC Chair Edition, where Todd Hagopian, 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 Mike Shipley, and Joshua Smith battle it out for the title of Master Debater and possibly the title of Libertarian National Committee Chair Human. Man, Chairman. Well, they're all men. Chairman. Chairman. Um, speaking of... Did you just assume they're gender? Oh, wow. Josh, I'm sorry. <laughs> I'm sorry, Josh. I would never gender my Joshy bear. Um, so speaking of assuming, Donald Trump assumed that this was a good tweet to put out. Uh, he wrote, Our great farmers will receive another major round of cash. And cash in... Standard boomer tradition is in quotation marks for no apparent reason. Uh, Compliments of China tariffs prior to Thanksgiving. The smaller farms and farmers will be big beneficiaries. In the meantime, as you may have noticed, China is starting to buy big again. Japan deal done. Enjoy. I'm going to translate for you. Our agricultural sector is at at an all-time low for my administration because of my trade war, which is harming their exports. And so I have been taxing American consumers for buying stuff made from China at Walmart and will be giving these farmers bailouts after I have taxed them into oblivion. 
Uh, they will not starve to death as a result, but I will continue my trade war, which will continue to hurt them. Uh, China has not actually increased the amount of U.S. exports they are purchasing. It has actually gone down, and so I'm going to lie about that. And no one actually knows what Japan deal I'm talking about. So that happened. Um, I think anyone who's watched the show before before knows what tariffs are. They're taxes. Right. On you. And I'm trying very hard not to go into what could be a 20 or 30 minute rant about taxes and tariffs. But short... I like that in the notes I just put spike rants on tariffs. Yeah, no, because that's what's going to happen. But I'm trying not to like make it into a whole thing. But basically... Trade protectionism is affirmative action for businesses that have been hobbled into being unable to compete. Yep. And like affirmative action, they don't actually help anyone. And this is actually worse because usually at least affirmative action doesn't include a tax on people. This one does. And basically what this does is it creates the reality where if you buy anything, because almost everything that is made in in on earth is either made in China or made using a component that was made in China or made using machinery that was made in China or made using machinery that has a component in it that was made from China. So these are direct taxes that you can't write off because they're not sales taxes or income taxes or whatever. They're just added to the price of things. Right, they're included in the price now. So you, the average American is paying more in real taxes than they did when Donald Trump came into office. They're paying more. The average American, and the lower your income is, the higher your taxes are than they were when Donald Trump came into office. So it's a terrible thing. It is the worst type of tax. It is a regressive sales tax on you trying to save money. And it hurts. So much like Donald Trump right there. What's that? They're the worst thing. It's a terrible tax. It's a regressive tax. It's terrible. Billions and billions and billions. Uh, it's just it's it's just bad. Stop supporting it if you do. Thank you. Um. So speaking of that, oh, this is the fun one. I'm gonna let you talk about this one because this is your chick. You like her? She's hot. She is. She's actually pretty. She's pretty. She's hot. She's uh, hot. Defense Department uh, Administrative Assistant. Sure, why not? Uh, Mina Chang has to resign after being caught embellishing her resume. Including this. Well, hang on. No. Don't, don't, uh, don't, oh. don't do that one yet. Don't do that one yet. Let's, okay. let's hold on that one because that's my favorite one. Okay. Uh, so she, uh, she embellished her resume, which everybody embellishes their resume a little bit. You throw in a little bit here. You throw in a little bit there. Yeah. To kind of amp it up, like sure, she probably shouldn't have implied that she testified in front of Congress. That might have hurt, right? That may have been a little bit too far. She probably shouldn't have uh, said that she had a role on a UN panel. God, also a little bit, a little bit far, but you know. But what I believe is ballsy AF for you kids out there. Uh, 
Because we run a clean show here. We do run a clean show. We, don't, we run a we clean don't show. So ballsy. No AF. cussing or masturbation on this show. That's right. She faked a Time magazine cover for a charity she was working on and handed it out with her resume. This, this one may have been going a little too far. This is a level of balls <laughs> that you would not think she would have had. I mean, it's hard to tell now, Matt. Honestly, I it's really hard to tell. It's, it's increasingly hard. To tell. I don't want to assume her gender, but yeah, uh, this one was like I feel bad that she got caught because I mean, this is a level of just cojones that chutzpah, as Spike would say, that chutzpah, chutzpah, that is unprecedented. I testified in front of Congress. I had a role on a UN panel. Here's my Time magazine cover. My Time magazine. My Time, not my local newspaper. No, no. Not like, you know, the biggest newspaper. One of the most Time magazine. One of the most widely read magazines in the world. That's what I was on the cover of. No one could ever find out if this was true. Nobody would ever easily check. This is just. But what this makes you wonder is how well are people in the Trump administration being vetted? It actually doesn't make me wonder because I think the answer is somewhat clear. Yeah, it's pretty minimal. Not that well. Now, I have, I've had a bunch of friends that have had to get security clearances and they go through the FBI and the CIA backgrounds and stuff like that. Right, right, right. I get a lot of calls about those people. Have you ever seen this person do anything unethical? Have you ever seen this person do anything wrong? Have you ever seen this person break? Like, and they keep asking those questions over and over and over again. She started working at the State Department stating that she testified in front of Congress, she had a role on the UN panel, and she had a Time magazine cover. Nobody double-checked this? Not one person was like, well, let's look into one of these claims. Time magazine? Like, this is from when I spoke at the UN. She literally just made it up. And... Sarah Brannion says she knew if she got in, it's hard to get fired from the government. And she still didn't get fired from the government. She resigned. Yeah. Yeah. Now, if you were going to find a way to get fired from the government, this would be a good one. This would be a good one. This would definitely be a good one. I I love, I honestly, I love it. I love it. This is the kind I want. I just want like everyone in government to just be doing this. It's like a total mockery of everything. My resume is a hundred percent accurate. It's just really embellished. Embellished, right? Right. I don't say I go and talk in front of the UN. I say that I've talked in front of local uh local city uh county and state governments right i don't say that i've talked in front of congress right and all of those are true i have done all of those things 
I just make it sound a lot more impressive in my resume than right than than it probably actually is. Right. Exactly. Um, so the, that's the, the sheer chutzpah is amazing. Chutzpah is she, is it's incredible. It is incredible. I actually admire her. And she has she has like Caitlyn Jenner balls. She may have them. Yeah, that's true. We don't know. We don't know. We didn't track that. Uh, but speaking of uh, Asians doing wacky stuff, uh, over in Hong Kong. Uh, now, of course, for those who've been following us here at Muddy Waters Media, last week uh, we were covering what was happening in Hong Kong, as we've been doing almost every week. And we made some pretty uh, prescient, uh, some pretty, uh, some pretty good predictions. It turns out, no, if they're setting people on fire, cops, cops are killing protesters in the street, and protesters are killing yeah. people who are faithful to mainland China. So it's yeah, there's no. This is this is going to get so much worse. China may pull the military on their own city. Which would be crazy. I see it getting really ugly. Yeah, no, I see I... China doing to Hong Kong what I'm doing to this pillow, but in a way that's. I was gonna say I don't think that's any. Sex... That's nowhere near the same thing. How, well, I mean, like uh, Hong Kong. So, I clearly made the best prediction. Um, the. Now, to be fair, anyone predicting this was going to get worse was correct, because um, this has definitely gotten worse. This has uh, gotten Matt. so much worse. Yeah. Um, so Hong Kong police have been, uh, well, Hong Kong uh, have uh, the Hong Kong protesters have barricaded themselves in a university, and they are fighting them. Here's the first one with bows and arrows. Which kind of ends the whole, well, how are you going to fight government with just those pesky AR-15s? These guys are using stuff from the Robin Hood era and at least so far have successfully held the police back. Right. Matt. Yeah. Yep. Uh, The standoff between protesters and police at the only university still open in the city. Uh, entered its third day this morning. Uh, and that's this morning on Chinese time, right? On China time. Uh, and uh, that was last night at 1130. I'm not really sure. I didn't get a chance to check up on everything beforehand. Uh, 200 people are still trapped at the site of the protest. Uh, Carrie Lamb, the uh, God, that's not what I was hoping for on that one. Um, (laughs) Carrie Lamb said that uh, 600 protesters surrendered after mediation between the two sides uh, occurred. Uh, They got together and they said, hey, we need to end this now. And 600 of the protesters uh, surrendered themselves to the police. Uh, The university, like I said, is the last one in the city occupied and is being used as a hub for the activists to block the city's central cross harbor tunnel. Uh, You can see here, this is a fire uh, uh, catapult. Yeah. 
they are shooting firebombs at the police. Yeah, the they're filling getting, they're, they're filling them with uh, gasoline and shooting uh fire making firebombs and shooting them at the police. Right. This has gotten so much worse. So much worse than it was last week. Oh yeah, yeah. No, it's it's ramping up. Now, China's military has yet to step in. Right. And fun fact, the only time since 1997 that Chinese troops have appeared on Hong Kong streets was to help clear up after a typhoon in 2018. That's right. Uh, Second fun fact, uh, that is definitely about to change. That is... That is definitely about to change. That is about to change. In fact, so... Uh, uh, actually what yesterday or the day before Chinese police or Chinese military came out and built a, uh, they were working on, uh, clearing, no, they were working on clearing debris after one of the protests and, and rebuilding a barricade or something that got damaged during the protest. So it was mostly a symbolic show. They weren't armed. They just kind of came out in their fatigues and did it, but it was a definitely a symbolic show of force that, Hey guys, the Chinese military is already here and they didn't come out this time with their guns and stuff, but they've got all that. They've got a base here and they're already here. Um, this is only going to get uglier. Yes. Now today, roughly at about six o'clock this afternoon hmm. or this evening, whichever way you want to go with it, the U S Senate voted unanimously, uh, voted unanimously to support the protesters and warn China against a violent attack against the demonstrators. That is, uh, I think this, this go, go ahead. Uh, this, I'm going to say it again this week, is about to get so much worse. Yeah, no, it's going to, it's going to get bad. And I think something that's going to happen, whether it's CIA or some private group or, someone these guys are going to start having guns and when that happens the people who have been able to successfully fluster the hong kong police with umbrellas and bows and arrows and firebombs and throwing their own tear tear gas canisters back at them are going to have guns and probably not like grenade launchers and, you know, maybe not even, you know, uh, uh, semi-automatic rifles. It may just be handguns. But it's going to be guns. And that's going to change a lot. And I I worry because they'll definitely be able to beat the crap out of the, the Hong Kong police. I'm not sure how that doesn't end up triggering the Chinese military moving in hard. Cause this is China. Like Hong Kong has this sort of semi-autonomous role where they're allowed to self-govern or whatever, but it is the property of China. Um, Matt, do you see any situation that doesn't result in China coming in hard militarily? No. Yeah. Not, not one. China, China will come in and take. So the U S has been trading differently with Hong Kong than it does with China. That's about to change. Yep. Because the U.S. just backed Hong Kong. 
China is going to take Hong Kong back fully. Yeah. yeah. Probably within the next six months. Yeah, and no one's going to stop them unless, again, CIA tries to step in and meddle. Because really, especially, so you have Donald Trump who really wants China to, to you know, to, to, to buckle China. And he just hasn't been able to because China is better poised for this trade war. Because they're far more... They they they're they're far doing far better on the on the export side of things, and they also are have the faster growing economy, and there's just a lot of stuff that puts them in the catbird seat in in this trade war that Donald Trump decided to start. Having the CIA arm Hong Kong protesters and try to you know flummox the the, the Chinese government is precisely the kind of thing that you could you could do to try to make things worse. Whether that will work or not, I have no idea. But it's going to be really, really ugly. Bass says, could the Chinese government covertly arm the protesters to give them moral authority to come in? I mean, sure. Honestly, I couldn't see that. Give them, give them a, you know, 50 or 60 pistols so that they can you know, beat the crap out of the, the police and then that's a pretext for them to invade? Sure. I don't see anything being impossible at this point. Yeah, with, with the way that the Hong Kong protesters have been fighting one. It, I, it's inspiring. It's truly. crazy. Yes. It is crazy. Like this is a level of dedicate. Like they won the initial protest. Mm. What they were protesting is over and they are still going because now they've gotten a taste. Now they want more. Yeah. Yep. Absolutely. Yeah, if, if Americans, there no way, there's no way China's going to give Hong Kong another option to do, another opportunity to do this. No, 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 not on a wide scale. We've said this before on the show. Imagine if the citizens of Hong Kong were as heavily armed as the citizens of the U.S. And conversely, imagine if the citizens of the U.S. had the tenacity and will that the citizens of Hong Kong happen. Both of our respective scenarios would be entirely different. Mm-hmm. we'd be a lot more free and government would be a lot more scared of both of us. So yeah, no, I don't, I don't see this ending well, but I do see it continuing to escalate. And uh, my hopes are with the people that are fighting for, you know, and again, these aren't even libertarians. They're fighting for just, you know, something resembling a democracy. Um, yeah. And, and there was a they're recent inter- like they're, they're, they won't, basically their own country declaration. Yeah. They want their own declaration of independence and they want their own bill of rights. Yeah. Yeah. No, they want their own thing. And, and I mean, in the interviews, the protesters have said, we don't really feel a lot of hope, but it's the only thing we can do. We can, we just have to fight. And so they're really resigned to what's going to happen here. And those are the type of people that you don't want to fight against because they're not scared. They don't have any hope. They just want to take down as many as they can before they get taken down. And those are the last people you want to get into a fight with. Um, so we'll, uh, we will continue to follow it and uh, see what happened. Hamp Yant says, uh, requests that we talk about uh, tomorrow's cannabis vote. We actually did briefly talk on that, that uh, there is a, uh, a vote in a Senate committee tomorrow uh, on the possibility of legalizing marijuana. If they vote for it, it would go to Congress. Um, Matt, do you see, like, what would you say, scale of one to 10, the likelihood of two things? A, them voting to, in the committee to legalize it, and B, that moving on to the House and Senate and getting signed by Donald Trump and actually legalizing marijuana gets legalized. 
So actually, I think that um, I think it's actually not that bad. Really? Yeah i I know that it's election year and stuff, but times are shifting everywhere, and you can you you can see that more states are legalizing it, more states are you know more places are decriminalizing it. Right. Medicals right. uh legal in twenty eight states now, twenty nine states something like something that. like that. Yeah. I honestly believe. I honestly believe that the only reason it wouldn't get passed now is because Donald Trump has the ability because it's not a law, like it's not a law. It's just something that the DEA said. Yeah. There are laws connected to it, but it's not a like it's not a law. It's just the scheduling from the from the DEA, yeah. From the FDA right. and the DEA, right, right. I think that that is going to be, if he is anywhere near down in the polls in August of next year, he's going to remove it from the schedule. Oh. That's the only reason I don't see it really having much of a chance. Now, the issue that they're going to have is if they do decide to legalize it, uh, if they do decide to take it from a schedule one and move it back to a schedule five, which would be 21 and up, um, then they're going to have to look, each state's going to have to come up with their own laws immediately. Because yeah. they're not going to like just say, okay, now this is the deal, and uh, it, that's the way it is across the country. Because right. that's, not, that's not how it works in those situations. That's only well, how it works when they're trying to withhold your rights. Right. Well, uh, I mean, South Carolina, there are laws against marijuana ownership. Right. So even if they legalize it on the federal level, it's still going to be illegal here. Right. Same with Florida. Yeah. Most states, it'll it'll still be that way. But without the federal push on it, it's going to be hard for those states to continue justifying it being illegal, at least for long. Um, When you can go to this state over here and smoke as much weed as you want. But if you come back here, you're and also the effect of, okay, great, it's illegal. Now I can go over there and buy it legally. How the hell are you going to stop me driving back in and smoking it? I bought it at, you know weeds are us or whatever and and without a permit because it's completely you know it's 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 almost completely deregulated over here or you know i have it shipped to a po box from oregon in in you know in some state that allows that and then you know come back home with it you're gonna stop me how exactly i know like so i know some people that live in idaho okay and i went out there for a wedding and washington state it's legal yeah they said it's a five minute drive for us to go get legal weed. Cause it was like, they lived yeah. really close to the border and they would just drive over and they would buy legal weed and they would just bring it back. That's going to happen everywhere more and more and more. And they, yeah. they're realizing that. And now they're looking at it. Okay. We can get tax money. We can get tax money. So exactly. right now, because it's yep. federally illegal, every dispensary you go to, you pay cash. In the city, in the city of uh, D.C., it is legal to possess weed, sell weed, and buy weed, but you can't have a store at which people go and do it, uh, go and buy it. Okay. So if you go into D.C., you can buy legal weed. Yeah. It feels like you are doing 
a really shady illegal drug deal for something more than weed. Right. Because you have to, and this is 100% from me doing this. Um, you have to call it like, I can say that cause it was legal. Um, you call up a number, uh, you can find a list of them online, put in DC weed and you'll find a bunch of them. And if you call up one of the numbers, they will say, okay, meet me at this hotel between this time and this time. And they give you like a 15 to 20 minute window. Yeah. And some places will deliver it to you. You know, it kind of depends, you know, it's all different. But the people we went to said, meet us at this hotel between this time and this time. So we did. And they wouldn't let more than two people in the room at a time. And this is legal. A hundred percent legal. As but they're act, but as, they're treating it this way because they have no choice. They can't right. have they can't have a shop. You can't have like a, a a physical shop for it. And I think there's a law where you can't really buy it, but you can possess it and you can sell it. So when you're buying it, you are giving donations to a charity that I'm oh, certain God. all of them are connected to. My charity just happened to be uh, the Wounded Warrior Project. Sure. Why not? And they said it's a $100 minimum donation. Oh my and you Lord. just don't. Yeah. Somebody else. Uh, one of my other friends did it. He got weed in D.C. And he bought a shirt for $150. And, and then the guy delivered free it. Weed. And the guy. Yeah. The guy delivered the $150 shirt that came with a bunch of weed. It, it would get amazing. rid of all of these issues. I mean, that is absurd. As Hampiant says, all of that is effed up AF. Effed up AF. It is effed up AF, Hamp. Uh, uh, Fotini Henderson said, asked, uh, but the resistance to federal law permitting use, would federal employees be allowed? I mean, federal employees yes. do whatever they want anyway. No. Federal employees... Uh, federal employees still probably wouldn't be allowed to use it. I mean, maybe they would. I don't know. You're saying if it was still federally illegal. If it's still federally illegal, the federal employees can't use it. If the Fed, if the Fed legalized it, I don't know if they'd be allowed to. It kind of would depend on the job, I would think. Yeah, because I mean now it's now now it goes back to just job requirements. But I'll tell you what, most like of the pilots drug... I know pilots can't can't use it at all. Yeah, yeah. Neither can stewardesses or flight attendants. Or so if it becomes legal, the next step is what happens is destigmatization. So where pilots are allowed to drink, obviously not while they're on the job, but they're allowed to drink alcohol outside of when they're working. Eventually they'll let them smoke weed as long as it's not when they're working and they're, you know, weed, you know, blood THC level isn't, you know, too high or whatever. I mean, so I, I, I think it'll be both of those things. Uh, Bass says, um, uh, do you think it would be a political win for Trump to legalize weed now so that the Democrats lose legalization as part of their platform now? Maybe. Uh, yeah. So before the election. Yeah. Before the election. Yes. I wouldn't do it. I wouldn't do it now because that gives people time to forget. Yeah. I would do it right before the election. 
Yeah. Which is why that I've been predicting for years is going to be August of 2020. Yeah. That's, I mean, that's, that's the timeline where it's still fresh in people's minds or at least sometime in the summer. It's going to be before early voting. It's going to be right before early voting starts and absentee voting. It's going to be right before that. That's when he's going to do it. Yeah. Yeah. I, I think that that's, I think that that's, I think that's very likely. And speaking of very likely, this Thursday, 9.30 p.m. Eastern, it is very likely that I will be inter- that I will be moderating a debate between the three men vying for the Libertarian National Committee chairperson position, uh, Todd Hagopian. I'm going to learn how to say his name correctly by say, Thursday. You figure that out before. I definitely need to figure that out. Uh, Mike Shipley and uh, Joshua Smith. Joshua Joshy Bear Smith on a very special My Fellow Americans. Not tomorrow, but Thursday at 9.30 p.m. Matt? I know I'll be tuning into that one. That's going to be a good one. Oh, and then next, and I don't have a graphic for this, next Monday, I'm going to be interviewing John McAfee. And we're still working out the details as to whether that will be a live broadcast. If so, it will be a special early broadcast around 2 p.m. And if not, then it will be pre-recorded and broadcast later that evening. But either way, Spike Cohen, John McAfee, next Monday, the 25th. And possibly a special guest appearance by Lou Sander in the My Fellow American studio. Stay tuned. Yeah. We may see. We may, we will see. So stay tuned. So Matt, if someone were to go on the internet and look for Muddied Waters Media, is that possible? And if so, what would they do? Uh, first of all, you should go to float, yes. F-L-O-T-E dot app slash Muddied Waters Media mm-hmm. and uh, hit the old follow button. Yep. After you uh, sign after up. That, after right after you sign up, assuming that you haven't already, which that's just that's just insane. What are you a loser? Why haven't you Why haven't you signed up for Float yet? Yeah, um, you should see us on Float. We look so good on Float. Um, and then after that, you should go over to uh, the old Facebook and hit Facebook.com/slash Muddy Waters Media, and then you can hit up Instagram at Muddy Waters Media, and then you can hit up YouTube at YouTube.com/slash Muddy Waters Media, then you can go over to Anchor.fm for all your podcasting needs at Anchor.fm/slash Muddy Waters, mm-hmm. and this and every other episode of Muddy Waters Media can be found at MuddyWatersMedia.com. And really, guys, if you just really just do float anchor on our website and just leave all the other internet (laughs) behind, leave your family behind or tell them to join you at float and anchor Uh, and go to our website, muddywatersmedia.com. So, guys, thanks again for tuning in and be sure to tune in Thursday night. I don't know if you heard, but I will be hosting the Masters of Debate Libertarian Party Chair Edition with Todd Agopian, Mike Shipley, and Joshua Smith, and myself, Spike Cohen. 
And uh, Matt, did you have anything else you wanted to tell the fine folks? I do not. Okay. Well, guys, thanks again for tuning in. We are so happy to have you here. We will see you next week. Same muddied place, same muddy time. And where we're going... We don't need roads. <laughs>